Welcome to Joyful Souls, the podcast. I'm Tracy Benson, your host. Join us each session for a deep dive of real talk and inspiring interviews with conscious, awakened souls who are realizing epic fulfillment by living on purpose, with intention, and in alignment. Come find out how they have created their life to be this epic, fulfilling experience. I'm a lifestyle coach, an entrepreneur, a speaker, personal development junkie, and most of all, your host for this epic journey where you can also learn how to take your life from ordinary to extraordinary. See you on the other side. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Joyful Souls, the podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Benson. And today I had a wonderful conversation with a friend, and it just happened to be on their podcast that I was recording an episode with them for their podcast. And we broached on many subjects, but one of the things that we got talking a little bit about was our tribe and who we surround ourselves with. And what I mean by that is, I don't know if you've ever heard the saying that you're the sum of the average of the six people you spend the most time with. And so one of the things I have learned in my journey of personal development is who I surround myself with is extremely important to my growth, to my happiness, to, you know, just the essence of my life. And so I was thinking back about when I had to make changes in who my tribe was. Because, you know, we often get friends and family kind of by default, We go to school with them, we work with them, you know, we click a little bit, but they may not exactly, you know, fill our cup. They might be more of a drain than an add to our relationship. And that's no fault on them. They're not your tribe. But what happens is, is one of our needs is connection. And so often it's hard to let go of those connections because you're meeting that need of connection through these people that maybe no longer serve you in your life. Everybody that you come in contact with serves you on some level. And it may be for a week, a month, a year, 10 years. You know, they're put in your path for a reason. However, sometimes we need to learn to let them go. And, you know, it's a difficult decision. It's never easy letting somebody you care about go. But sometimes we need to. Now, in years past, multiple years ago, I tended to pick the wrong friends. And what I mean by that is I was literally attracting the wrong sorts of people by what I was putting off, right? So I've always been... I would call a server, somebody who serves others. And it feels good for me to help other people and to contribute to them. And so in that means, sometimes I wasn't as selective as I should be. And also people got my vibe that I was willing to be their sounding board, be their you know, their rescuer, their hero, and no one should be anyone else's hero. I mean, we are 
heroes to each other, but not in this way. We need to be our own hero to make our life the best life because no one can do it for us. You know, they can support us in it. They can give us tools. They can guide us. They can lead by example, but it can't be done for you. Life on your terms has to be created by you. So in that creation, sometimes we have to let go of friends. And I don't mean letting go of family members in that way. Sometimes people that we cannot let go of, like family, we have to limit our exposure and time to them. We need to control that. And it's no slight on them. It's just their energy doesn't serve a purpose in our life that is helpful. And so a lot of people, they'll just cut people off, right? They'll just stop seeing them, no explanation, that kind of thing. And, you know, that's okay. But along with that generally comes guilt and angst. And then you're in avoidance trying to make sure you don't go places where you might run into them, all those sorts of things. So this is where tough conversations, being able to have tough conversations is a skill set that everyone needs. Most of us are in avoidance of conflict. It just is the truth. And until we learn to have those tough conversations, our life is kind of like that avoidance game, right? When we get somebody, we have you know a disagreement or something happens and we don't want to stir the pot, we avoid it. So maybe we quiet our own truth or we just drop out of sight, or, you know, there's many options to that that aren't necessarily the best one for you. Now, maybe if you're talking about somebody that doesn't serve you no longer because they tend to be violent or something, dropping out of sight may be fine. Those kind of people you may not want to have the tough conversation with. However, your friends list. So I'll give you an example After I went to a Tony Robbins event, A Date with Destiny, in December of 2017, part of The Date with Destiny, we talked about having those hard conversations and changing your circle. And I knew I needed to change some of my friendship circle. I had some people in my life that were literally draining the life energy out of me because every conversation was based on they're being a victim or the blame game. They always had a problem. They always needed support with the problem. They were never looking for solutions. You all know people like that. We all do, right? And they don't know what they don't know. They're meeting some of their top needs by living that way. And until they figure out that that's the reason that they're not happy and they live in this vicious cycle, they're going to remain that way. So I made resolve at the date with destiny that there were four individuals in my life that I needed to let go of. And I made the choice to have the tough conversation with them. Number one, because I loved all four of these people. They were all my friends, none of them family, but all my friends. And you know, we'd had good times. There'd been, you know, things that fond memories. However, they were draining me just, I mean, it was like vampirish. I would be so drained after spending time with them. I was almost non-functional. 
So let me tell you, I'm an empath too. And even though I know how to put up my barriers so that people don't drain me, it was more of a mental drain. Because I love these people, because they would ask my advice, I was trying to give them the tools and strategies to shift what they needed to shift in their life. However, they really weren't ready to do the work. We all have our own journey in our own time. And they were not ready to do the work. So this had been going on for some time with all four of these individuals. So I met with them and I had individual hard conversations with them. I was very loving and compassionate and used myself as the reason, not ever blaming them, not, you know, putting this on them, but letting them know that these are the circumstances. This is what I'm trying to do in my life. And I just need to surround myself with people that have what I want so that I can model after them and go get it. And I also left it with all four of them that if circumstances shifted in their life and we could have fun again, and it doesn't matter you know, they don't need to be following my path, right? I'm not passing judgment on that. But what was happening in these conversations is always went to their problems and their challenges. And, you know, it's just, you know, a vicious repeated cycle. We were no longer having fun on our meetings or our lunches. It was all about the drama in their lives. And while we all have drama, I just was moving to a space where I needed to spend time with people who would elevate me, not drain me. And so I left it with all four of them that, you know, if things shift in their life and any time that they still needed me, you know, emergently, they could call. I just was not going to be having routine lunches with them on the regular like we did, hanging out with them to commiserate on the phone for hours at a time. I just wasn't going to have the time to do that. But anytime they were ready to have fun and do what we used to do as friends, then I was up for it. And that, again, as long as if they really had an emergency and they needed me, they were welcome to reach out to me anytime. Now, I had really good response from all four of those conversations. People are often afraid to have the hard conversations because they are afraid of the repercussion, right? But if you come from a place of love and compassion and true friendship, if somebody comes back at you with repercussion, they were really never your friend to begin with. And so it's so better that you had that conversation and moved on. Just sometimes we don't see that in the moment, right? We worry about these sorts of things. And so I will tell you these four friends, one of these friends is pretty much dropped off the map. I have never really, I haven't run into them. I haven't heard from them. And that was, you know, three and a half years ago now. I had these conversations at the end of December after I got back with Date with Destiny in 2017. So we're like three and a half years now. One of them is back in my circle. The conversation we had actually ended up being the catalyst for them realizing that they needed to make serious changes in their life because they wanted what I was going after. And so they did quite a bit of work on their own and reached out to me one day about a year later. And I could tell the difference just in their voice. You know how you can tell when somebody's light and just more content and peaceful and just 
you know, in my words, full of joy, I could hear it. I could just hear it and I could feel it. And so this person is back in my life. Now, they're still on their path and they're doing a lot of heavy-duty work still two and a half years later, and they've actually moved from the area. So now it's more of a virtual kind of friendship. And I do see them when we have Tony Robbins events and I attend and they attend. So that relationship came full circle. Not only was I able to help someone by being a catalyst, I also got them back in my life because I was unafraid to have that card conversation. The two other parties, one I speak to occasionally, they are still kind of living in the same vicious cycle and our conversations and our connections are usually brief. They are mindful now of when they reach out to me if they want to like have a conversation that if it goes into that cyclical pattern of poor me, anger, you know, whatever their particular pattern was, they know I'm going to end the conversation, which is what I do with love and compassion. No problems there. The other person is doing really well too. They started on their path about a year and a half ago. I don't know if it had anything to do with me or not. I don't believe so because it was, you know, two years after. But sometimes people reflect on things and come back and it may have been several catalysts. They did reach out and thank me for my honesty and my friendship and just said that they never appreciated me the way they should have. And actually, I even told them, I said, I don't think that that was it. I said, I never felt unappreciated by you. I always felt appreciated by you. I said, I think you were living too much in your own stories that you couldn't get out of your own way to have your happy life. So they are working, they had, let's put it this way, a lot more backstories to work on. Older individual around my age, and they had a quite tumultuous, dramatic life from childhood that they never really dealt with a lot of things in their past. So they are, you know, I'm just so excited to say that they're they're working on that now. So even them only being a year and a half in, and this process takes a long time. This is not a quick thing when you go to change your life, when you go to unpeel all the layers of who you had become that didn't belong to you and find out who you really are and want to be. It's not a quick process. And even more so for things that, you know, have been ingrained in you for years. So I commend this person, you know, I pray for them daily. I mention them in my gratitude because all four of them, even the one who I haven't heard from, I still love and care about them and have deep, deep compassion for them as human beings. And I want nothing but the best for them. But I also want nothing but the best for me. And that's when you have to realize sometimes we have to make those hard choices in order to move our life forward. Because as long as we're staying stuck in the same place, we cannot be the example. A true leader leads by example. They raise up more leaders. 
That was one thing that eluded me for years because I always had bosses that were bosses. They told you what to do. They thought they were superior to you and they expected you to give them respect and, you know, all of that just because they had the title, not because they earned it. Respect is earned. Titles can be given. That doesn't mean you're respected. That doesn't mean you're doing the right things. That doesn't mean you are a leader. A leader, in my mind, is such a different person now. First of all, you have to have self-leadership. So if you're not leading yourself down the path to a better life, how can you lead others? And I mean that in all honesty. There are a lot of people out there who think they are leaders. And by my definition, they are not. One who leads, truly leads, is heart-centered and is about the people that they are leading having a better life, being better at their job, being a better parent. You know, if you're a parent, you're a leader of your children. If you're a parent that's in a relationship, either with your children's spouse or someone else, you're a leader for relationships. So model what your children need to see in order to have successful lives. Leading by example. And I will tell you in my experience too, along my journey, I have found I have shifted more individuals and made a bigger difference in more people's lives. And I'm talking about the ones that are not paying me to coach. These are people I meet along my journey that become part of my journey, that are in my family, that are my friends. I have had the most impact on them, not by the words I speak, but by the example that I set. Because a lot of people can talk the talk. You know, there are many beautiful, eloquent speakers out there that they can spin a story that sounds so alluring and just draws you in with its magic and its essence. But that's just a story. What are they really doing in their life that shows that the story they're spinning is where you should go to? It's really hard for me now to follow people that I know have maybe more than I do, maybe financially, and it's usually financial or more in businesses than I do, you know, more investments, that sort of thing. It's really hard for me to follow them, even though they have some of what I want, when they're not leading that kind of lifestyle, when they're not in my vision, a true leader who leads by example who is joyous on a daily basis, who likes to rise others up and likes to surround themselves with others who want to rise them up, that doesn't want to be the top pen on the pole. For me, for years, I tended to position myself as the top pen on the pole. You know, I have multiple degrees and school was very easy for me. I was in Mensa when I was a child And while intelligence is obviously a resource, it can be an advantage, it's definitely a tool, it's way less important in the grand scheme of things than an open heart and leading by example. 
Because knowledge is not power. Knowledge is a tool that you can use. But unless you take action and actually do the actions that bring you to where you want to go, the knowledge means absolutely nothing. It's like knowing trivia. And I'm not downplaying people that know trivia. Please, please, if you're a trivia guy or gal, like my husband knows a lot of trivia, it's not that I'm saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it doesn't set the example of what kind of life someone should be living or could be living. Let's put it that way. I don't like, we don't need to should all over ourselves and I don't need to should on anyone else. And it's the same thing. The people that I want to follow and follow the example of fit my ideals and, you know, where I'm going. Yours may be totally different and that's okay. We aren't all going in the same direction. However, I feel like most people want to have a better life. They want to have more joy, more time freedom, more connection, more love, more contribution. They want to grow more. It doesn't matter what direction you're growing in or contributing in. What matters is you're doing it in alignment and authenticity with who you really are. So that's how you choose the people you surround yourself with. And again, you never want to be the top pin on the totem pole. Because if you're the top pin, you can't grow and expand because there's nothing to reach for. And there's always somebody that has something that you want multiple people that have something that you want that they've achieved this level for you to model after. So now I like to be in the bottom rung. And years ago, because, you know, I would say that I probably, you know, in my needs, one of my needs, uh, higher needs was probably significance. And it's hard to feel significance when you're not the high person on the totem pole. You've got to get your significance from other things. And most significance-driven people want to be the top person on the totem pole. That's why having a significance is one of your top needs. It's really kind of counterproductive from having a beautiful, joyous, fulfilling life. Because you can have all the success you want. I know lots of highly successful people who are absolutely miserable. And I really truly believe what Tony Robbins says is that success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. I know I lived that. I wanted to be fulfilled and happy and joyful. And I was like, I'm doing all this. I have all this success. Why is this not coming to me? Because I wasn't the person I needed to be to have that yet. And now do I have all the money and, you know, things that I want yet? No. But then again, I'm not a money-driven person. So I have to find other ways to reach my goals because if I put a monetary number out, I don't work for it like I do other things because I'm very people-oriented and people-driven and connection-driven and growth and contribution-given. Now, to contribute financially, I need to have money. So that's one of the factors that I do use to gain leverage on myself to push forward and do bigger things so that I bring in more income so I can contribute more in that matter. So there's lots of ways that we can, you know, shift this. But so look at the six people you surround yourself with most. 
And that doesn't mean you cut them totally out of your life. These four that I, uh, you know, I I kind of remove from uh, my daily life, one I have back, is not. It, it was not my whole whole circle. They were more like friends. They weren't business colleagues. So in work, you might have a different set. You know, in uh, your personal relationship, you'll you'll have a set. Um, or you might have an inclusive set, which is kind of what I do now because I, you know, do so much personal development that I tend to gravitate towards other people that are doing work on themselves or that have done the work on themselves. And most people that are, have done or are doing work will tell you the work never stops. But you know, it becomes fun because it's like, what else can I do? How else can I grow? But to do all that, you have to surround yourself by the right people. And so you might need to start looking at your circle and start adding to your circle and subtracting from your circle. Because it's not about having a hundred people in your circle. It's about having the right people in your circle. Ones who will love you and cheer you on when you're succeeding. Have you ever noticed that some of the people in your circle go silent or get negative when you're doing well? Now, it's not a reflection on you. It's a reflection on them and where they're headed and how they feel about themselves and where they're going in their life. So never lower your standards or pull back on your dreams because someone else that you love and respect has gone negative on you about what you're doing and how you're moving through. Don't ever let them do that. That's someone that you may keep in your circle, but you limit your time with, especially if they're very close friends and or family, because I find a lot of it's family, really. But you will have those haters and those naysayers. And the more haters you have and the naysayers you have, you are on the path. You are on the path. Stay on the path. Don't let them knock you off. Because sometimes those haters and naysayers will turn around one day and they'll want to follow you. They're just afraid. Their survival brain is afraid, afraid that you will grow beyond them and leave them. And you may, but that's their choice not to step up to the plate. Don't ever let them pull you off track. And it's easy to do, especially when you start. So when you start on this journey, be kind to yourself, give yourself grace because people like that in your life are going to pull you off track and you might get off track for days or weeks or even a month, or more. But when you recognize you're off track, get right back on. And then recognize when somebody's trying to pull you off track again, and this time say, no, no, no. Survival mind, whoever you call that, like I have a brain, I have a brain bully that, um, you know, tells me I shouldn't be doing that. I have a judgment bully. I have all these, we all have these voices that talk to us. And, you know, and, and it's all us, it's our brain, it's our survival brain. So I have a room, they all have a room. And when they're trying to wreak havoc, when I'm trying to get something done, I just send them to their room. It's as simple as that. Once you become aware that your brain has stepped in and is trying to take over from your soul, which should always be in charge, but most of us, our brain runs our life. It just does because it was created to help us survive. We no longer need that survival, but we can't get rid of that 200 million year old brain. So we have to 
we have to shift it. We have to take control. The I has to come in and say, you know what? I, I'm good. Go into your room, read a book, you know, whatever you want to say. That's how I talk to mine. I mean, everybody has different patterns and thoughts. And once you recognize yours, you'll figure out what you want to do. So now that you know, and you've looked at your six closest people that you spend the most time with, you know, the ones that you can eliminate, you know, the ones that you need to eliminate. Now you need to start looking for the people to bring into your tribe that are going to facilitate your growth and your expansion and celebrate your successes, big and small, and support you in your journey. Sounds simple, right? Well, you know, it can be, but often we put too many barriers in our own way. Oh, well, you know, they're doing so well. They're not going to want to hang out with me. It's like, go to the circles where they go and just be an observer, a listener, meet people, mingle. You'll figure out who you need to include. And then just start working on yourself because part of the thing that I had to do, um, when I started building my tribe years ago, the right tribe, besides I still was, well, those four people had been in my life well before I built my tribe. But I have had people come and go in my tribe that I thought were fits and that ended up not being. But what I had to do was I had to grow as a person to attract the people that I wanted in my life. The sorts of people that would want to, you know, not just hang out with from with me, but, you know, just be in my circle because it could be, like I said, a business circle, a personal friend cir- circle, whatever, whatever you're looking for. And really you need both. Now me, because I'm an entrepreneur, mine is kind of intermingled, right? Um, it's different than being necessarily an employee, which I've been that too. And even in that, you know, you got to make sure you're hanging around the right people at work because it does affect your job, your ability to focus, your ability to flow, your ability to shine when you have people, you know, in that, in your path that aren't necessarily, uh, leading you in the right way. And I mean the right direction. They might not even be your boss. And sometimes, unfortunately, it's a boss. And you can't get rid of them, but you can grow beyond them. And you can manage your state around them and keep yourself in a good space. So my last thought for you guys today is I want you to go and get your journal. And if you don't have a journal, pick up a piece of paper and a pen. If you don't like to write, um, take a memo on your phone, a voice memo. And just talk about the people you have in your circle, the six you spend the most time with, and put all the awesome things you get from them, you know? And I don't mean like, you know, they give you money or stuff like that. I mean like, you know, I'm happy when I'm around them. They make me laugh. Uh, They support me. They never naysay me. Those kinds of things. And then talk about the things that are 
that would be considered on the opposite of that. Like they don't support me. Every time I have a success, they're always, you know, cautioning me and trying to get me to back off from what I'm doing. You know, they try to scare me about what could happen if I continue down this path when I'm happy. These sorts of things. And look and see what the balance is. And also look and see where they are in their life compared to where you are in your life. And are they equal with you, below you, as far as just, you know, financially, spiritually, emotionally, or maybe more advanced than you? And I'm going to tell you, if you have a circle of six, let's just use the number six, you want at least half of those people to be above you. I mean, in other words, they have what you want. And then no more than... Um, one, maybe two, but really one that is, you know, working to get to your level and then maybe one that's equal to you or just slightly ahead of you on the path where you wouldn't necessarily consider them ahead. But, um, you know, that is, I mean, ultimately for mine now, I literally in my tight group of six that I call, um, my mastermind, one of my mastermind groups, I am the low man on the totem pole. In other words, all of these other five or other six individuals have way more of what I want than I do, right? I'm on the path, but they've got, you know, more financial success. Maybe their relationships are better. Uh, whatever it is, they have something above me. And so I can expand and grow. Now you might have two sets, like I have two groups now. So I have that group where it continually stretches me every time I connect with them, right? Because I'm trying to go where they are. And then I have a group where I'm like in the middle. That's my kind of like my social circle where it's just more friendship based. And I have some people that are closely behind me, but working on themselves, me in the middle, and then a few people ahead on that path. I never want to be the top one in any group and neither should you. So do that journaling, figure out who you might need to let go of, who you need to keep and celebrate in your life, and then start looking for those key people so that you can go further faster because we can do everything faster and better together. All right, guys, I love you so much. I hope you just have the most beautiful rest of your day. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Joyful Souls Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at Tracy Benson at joyfulsouls.com. Thanks ever so much for listening and have a beautiful day.